Hello and welcome to Unbox, the podcast that dives deep into the world of custom packaging and innovative brand experiences. In each episode, we'll be exploring the latest trends, innovations, and best practices in the design and packing industry, and then taking a look at how they can help businesses like Yars to create memorable and impactful brand experiences. I'm your host, Sam Johnston. Let's get started. So I'm your host, Sam Johnston, and in this episode, we'll be talking to Lan Ho, who will be um, giving us lots of amazing insight and gold, I'm sure, but you might recognize mm-hmm. her as a recent finalist from Gordon Ramsay's Food Stars show. She's the founder of um, the Fat Milk Organization, uh, Chicago's mm-hmm. first Vietnamese CPG coffee company, and we're very excited to have her on the show. So it's great to have you here, Lan. Yes, thank you for having me, Sam. I'm so excited to dig in and talk all about packaging CBG. This is really up my wheelhouse. So let's dig in. Love it. Love it. Yeah, well, we're a little bit starstruck today because um, it's not every day that we get somebody that's been on such a high level and high profile show. Um, Oh, my goodness. Um, and we do have a set of questions that, you know, that the audience may have well come here today to get some of those answers. So we are going to get mm-hmm. to those. But before we get into those, would you both just give us kind of the high level story, if you like, of what brought you here today to this point as the founder of Fat Milk? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so before I started Fat Milk, I was actually a board certified pharmacist, right? Um, so very much two completely different industries. I really worked my way up, um, going from spending 10 years of, of my life in higher education and, and going into an industry that was the complete opposite of creativity. And so during the pandemic, I actually had this opportunity to um start my own thing. It was a concept that I've always wanted to do. Um, And throughout my journey in school and as a pharmacist, I was kind of laying down the groundwork to really launch my own thing. And, you know, we can go into pharmacy. I did it for all the wrong reasons, which if you watch the show, you'll be able to um, hear and and understand a little bit more behind my story. Uh, Both my parents are Vietnam refugees. And that really made an impression on me um, as I kind of got acclimated into the US, right? And so I went the traditional route of education, but I always wanted to do something that, you know, really was big on storytelling, creativity. Um, I think all in all, I out of all of my siblings, I'm the one that have, you know, has the most knack for entrepreneurship because I really do find that to be so compelling, right? Yeah. Um, and and the the immigrant story, we're all entrepreneurs. We bring something from our native country here because that's the only way to live. We have mm-hmm. to either cook our food or do something that we've learned because we have so many barriers to get acclimated into um, the U.S. system. So. Long story short, I come from a very entrepreneurial uh, family. Both my parents are entrepreneurs. And, you know, as I'm, you know, working my way up the corporate ladder as a pharmacist, um, I wanted to create something that I knew was missing in the market, but also I was able to flex my creative Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I actually ended up getting furloughed during the pandemic yeah. uh, for two months. And during those two months month is, is when I launched Fat Milk. So Fat Milk is Chicago's first Vietnamese CBG company. Um, and essentially I import all the beans from Vietnam myself. And then I do everything else here in the States, mainly wow. in Chicago. Right. And where I, throughout this process, I learned so much about where I thrive the most in business. Obviously we wear all the hats in the mm-hmm. beginning, right. But where I, I saw where I, I lit up the most was when it came down to being able to build uh, a brand that was all around building customer 
consumer loyalty, right? And being yep. able to like create a lifestyle out of that. And I, I feel like I did a pretty good job being able to do that with our the first version of Fat Milk because it definitely caught the eyes of Gordon Ramsay and his team. And I think that was the communication that got me uh, to be on the show and ended up, you know, taking it all the way to the finale. Wow. I mean, what a journey. I think we're going to inevitably we'll touch <laughs> on a lot of these different parts as we get through these questions. Yeah. But um, tell us just a little bit about what that initial first step was like so stepping out of the pharmacy the lab coat environment into the business like was that just a one day you're going to stop but move on or what was that transition like yeah look i I, i've been i told myself i'm going to do this full time at that point i actually incorporated fat milk in 2019 right and i was already looking at while i was working as a pharmacist Mm -hmm. looking at uh farms in vietnam and and you know reaching out to roasters and etc and so when the time came for me to go all in on this it was a no-brainer you know it was kind of the universe saying stop stalling and do this already so i'm gonna furlough you yeah and when they asked me to come back two months later i I was just like absolutely not like this could not have been uh you know the perfect storm for me to take a bet on myself and and go on and, and flex my creative juices because you know we we saw a lot of initial success and hype around the brand uh, mm-hmm. bon appetit picked us up two months after we launched and put us on their highly recommend list and and that was a crazy awesome. whirlwind uh for us and then from there i just kept learning and learning and learning but i think it, like I said, I think naturally this is, I'm in my element as an yeah. entrepreneur. Um, and I think it was just a very easy transition for me to know that I, I know I can do this. But I mean, don't get me wrong, the financials and the lifestyle of going from structure to having to create your own structure and going from having a steady paycheck to figure out how, you know, how you're going to fight for that dollar um, is, is definitely a transition. It's something that I'm still learning till this day. Yeah. Well, congratulations. You know, it's a phenomenal success that you've been able to achieve. So, um, yeah, it's really awe-inspiring to see that journey take place. And I appreciate it. Whilst you were on that show, um, you know, we're not going to take too much of this show based on just talking about Gordon Ramsay, but um, it was very complimentary of what you're doing and the product and kind of his experience of the brand is very, very positive from what I could see on the show. What was that experience like working with him and, and the team behind the scenes? Wow. Um, well, it, look, it's it's season one of Gordon Ramsay's Food Stars, right? So I will say the whole production team and even Gordon himself, there there there's a lot of figuring out um, behind the scenes as well. I mean, this isn't, you know, uh, Top Chef or, or what's it called? Master Chef that's yeah. on season 15 or something like that now. It was very much um, having their team like figure out what is you know how to work with 15 entrepreneurs under one roof who have a million things going on and we just have a different standard of of how we value our time and what we're expected to do like obviously this is a business show in the food and bev space but at the same time we are represent you know representatives of ourselves as leaders and on top of representing our brand so don't even get me started on the anxiety (laughs) that we all felt on the show but i think all in all this is a testament to business in general. Like I, when I was asked to be on the show, I had to leave everything I had had going on in Chicago and film in LA um, yeah. for two months. And, you know, I told myself if I'm really in this to, to go big, to do this thing, to, to build this brand, I got to take risk. And that's yeah. exactly how I felt the show was for me. It was well, taking awesome. a big freaking risk. Well, yeah. it paid off, right? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I would say so. <laughs> um, well, I'm sure that uh, we'll put the link in the show notes. People can go off and see that if, if they want to and yeah. get some of those clips. But um, mm-hmm. 
let's move the conversation here on to mm-hmm. what the listeners have potentially come here for. And that there's um our listeners are usually are people that either are aspirational. So they have this product idea, they want to take it to market, they want to build a business, and they're starting to widen their sphere of influence and knowledge so that they can arm themselves and make better decisions and then move ahead. Equally, mm. on the flip side of that, we have people that are in much larger corporations. Maybe they're inside internal new product development teams, maybe they're inside the innovation departments of in bigger facilities, and they're bringing new things to market and looking for new perspectives. So those are the two extremes of the audience. And of course, there's people in between. Um, But to kick this off, uh, the first question will be, how, in your experience, do packaging Mm -hmm. and product brand experiences contribute to creating loyal customer bases? And Mm -hmm. whilst you're answering that, is there any effective strategies that you've seen for doing that? Yeah. You know, one thing I will say that I've learned about myself over the years is how intentional I am. And I never really thought that I, I, I was that kind of person, but I question every decision that we make, right? And I think first and foremost, you have to understand the space that you're playing in. And for me, it's CBG, consumer packaged goods, right? So that's how I launched the company. We're building out our Chicago flagship storefront right now, uh, going the retail route. But as how we started was all about CBG. And when I understand that visual as a consumer, I, I was always a, I'm a huge fan of CBG. So when I go to Target, I'm literally that person who goes there for one thing and stays there for like hours and I'm just reading every single package. I'm just enamored by packaging and just products in general, right? And so when I started Fat Milk, when I started Fat Milk, I understood the category. I understood the industry that we play in because I am a consumer, right? Um, And so having known that, every decision that I've made very early on was, betting on the details. And it was doing things that a lot of new brands typically bypass um, for the sake of limited resources, right? They end up putting their money elsewhere in their sales team or whatever. I'm not saying that's not important, Mm -hmm. but when it comes to CBG, you have to be able to communicate essentially who you are, who you're not, what you're about, why you should buy this, why you should keep buying this through a a one package, right? And then obviously you have to have your digital footprint. And so for me, it was really understanding CBG. It was understanding consumer behavior and it was utilizing all the resources that we had and being able to create a a product um, and like have that clarity around that product to then have people excited about looking Mm -hmm. us up online and then coming back for a subscription plan or something like that. And I think it's really unfortunate to see um, a couple of my friends are starting their own business and, you know, they thank me because I'm always telling them, trust me, do it, do it right. Do it right the first time. I'm telling you, don't, you know, if you can avoid putting it in brown craft bags, avoid not you know, avoid just doing it just to get it to market. Do it right from the beginning, because I'm telling you, it's hard enough to just go out there and sell a product. But if you can't sell a product that you stand by and you know that this is ultimately like the best representation of what you guys are all about, branding is all about a vibe, Mm -hmm. you know, and the best brands that have done it right are the brands who have built a tribe around their packaging and around their whole essence of who they are. And I think it definitely starts with that custom packaging right then and there. 
Yeah, you're yeah. speaking our language on that tribe side of things. Um, a lot of yes. our guests have mentioned that kind of who, mm. is, who is that early tribe that either exists or you're going to create and how do you mirror mm. you know, back to them what that identity means. Um, and mm-hmm. you've done a fantastic job with this within your, your brand. Um, I think that immediately as soon as you see any of the materials that you have, you immediately get the emotion behind it and you, mm-hmm. you start to understand um you know the, the brand identity that comes behind this yes. there's, there's not a lot of brands that if you were to say um you know what would be your brand's version of a hotel or your brand's version of something else what would that mm-hmm. feel like what would the vibe be and with yours i feel like i understand that which is really mm-hmm. refreshing i think and really unique and yes. when you were creating your brand and starting to think about this and formulate your plans were there any inspiration organizations that you've seen doing this really well that even if it's not in your category you thought that's inspirational. Yeah, absolutely. I think the brands that can evoke a customer to be so proud to say that they spent their money there mm-hmm. are the brands who are doing it so right, right? And so Apple, classic, right? Yeah. Like you want, I mean, if, if you buy something from Apple, you want to share the unboxing. You want it mm-hmm. to be known that you're an Apple user, right? And same thing for brands who, um, you know, fashion brands who like Supreme, you know, they very built a cult-like following yep. and people want, people want to communicate to other people like, look, I shop at Supreme because this is my vibe. This is who I am. They've almost created an identity based on the choices that they make in their fashion sense, right? Yep. And so, and, and in their lifestyle. And I think those are some of the most powerful, intriguing brands that I just obsess over and i think that was the intentionality that i brought into building fat milk and the kind of energy that i'm putting behind the decisions that we're making it's like you know either you're drinking fat milk or you're visiting a fat milk storefront or you know you're you're repping us in some fashion you're proud yeah and that was that was essential to me like i wanted a proud loyal customer base um proud first more than anything I love that. Yeah. And, and did you, mm-hmm. did it take a lot of iterations or evolution of the brand to get to where it is today? Or did you pretty much know where you wanted to go and nail it first off? Yeah. So the first version of Fat Milk very much was, um, I played very into the concept of fat milk. So a lot of people don't know fat milk really equates to condensed milk, right? And for people who don't know Vietnamese coffee, the most typical way of enjoying it is with a little bit of condensed milk uh, because the Robusta bean is so bold and strong and nutty. So it's just a nice, really perfect pairing. And so there's a lot of education and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, misperceptions of, of Vietnamese coffee. And so I played into the fat milk a little bit too much and it was, it was beautiful, don't get me wrong, but it was confusing from a scale perspective. And so when I came back from filming the show, that was my first and hopefully last attempt of reiterating the brand. And we've been, uh, I, I went a major rebrand uh, that's been going on for a year and four months. And we're actually launching our custom website uh, with all new packaging, nice. um, whole new look and feel uh, on Black Friday. So midnight on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Love it. That's awesome. I think it definitely, yeah, it definitely took some some iterations, but I think all in all, I was very proud of every stage that we, that I built it in for those reasons. Awesome. Well, maybe there's some advice here for the, the listeners, right? The next question is, what are some of the biggest challenges or roadblocks that businesses like you've experienced face when it comes to product branding, brand experiences? Um, what are some of those and how have you overcome them? 
Yeah, I, I, I think the biggest challenge, honestly, honestly, is being able to get that feedback, right? Like, especially with CBG and just packaging, like it's very difficult to execute something at such low minimums, right? So like even me deciding to rebrand the company, um, you know, for, for lack of a better phrase, it was kind of startup suicide, you know what I mean? Um, but having having the opportunities from the show and where we were going, I had to approach the brand from a scalability, logistics, and, you know, high clarity communication on who we are and who we're not um, from the, the you know, j- just for growth purposes. So that was the reason behind that, right? But I think early on, before I decided to do that, you know, if we were to go and print packaging, I mean, you know, we can't just print 100 and see what ha- what happens or 500. I mean, that would cost like just your margins would just be detrimental to your business sometimes. And I, I think, um, I think the biggest challenge is really taking the time to build out that concept early on, under, almost build out concept before people. The product itself is people focused. You gotta have a good product, yeah. no matter what. That, that's just the name of the game. But when it comes to packaging and your look and your vibe and your visuals, that concept should come before people, in my opinion. So being figuring out what that concept is and then going into print is the most important thing. A lot of people would just go straight into it and now they're stuck with so many, so much excess uh, after they get that feedback from their customers and it doesn't make sense or they realize, mm-hmm. you know, they, they miss, uh, uh, there's a missed opportunity or whatever the case is. So I think it, it really is, trial and error but i think if if you know a lot of people can take that time to really understand um their positioning and their concept i think that could potentially ease some of those you know burdens in the beginning that's gold yeah i think the listeners are getting some good out of that that's awesome yeah let's 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 take out our mystic ball here and look a little bit into the future because things are changing you know not just on a sort of decade basis but on a minute basis these days so how do you see the future of packaging and branding experiences evolving over the next say five years and what could businesses be doing today to stay ahead of that curve yeah i think first and foremost people need to I, i think a lot of brands need to recognize that it's a non-negotiable, you know? I see a lot of brands out there in the food and bev space who like some of the most like well-renowned brands and, and prestigious and, you know, brands out there, they don't even have branded cups, you know? They don't even have branded bags. And mm-hmm. like, that blows my mind because I think it's such a small detail, you know, that could really elevate your the the overall like reputation of your brand, right? Yeah. And. I, I just think, look, it's it's a non-negotiable. Like people's attention span, how quickly it is for customers to be able to jump ship um, and you know test something else out. If you can't capture them and invest the money and, and the resources and the time to do it early on, I think brands are really missing an opportunity there to like just show that you're a legit company. You're one that thinks. thinks think through uh it has the intentionality right um i I just think so many brands these days that i see really attack 
branding and packaging and, and the future of, of their success um, in the short term. When I think they want, the, they attack it from a short term perspective, but wanting long term longevity, right? Mm-hmm. But the yeah. reality is that long term longevity takes time to build. And it takes it from day one, especially as a CBG brand. Sometimes you don't get a second choice. It's, it's, I mean, I'm sorry, second chance. Yep. And I think doing the hard things in the detail things early on sets you up way further than if you gradually, oh, let me just put something in a craft bag or something like that. See see how people are liking it. Well, people can't, you don't really, you can't necessarily gauge it if they like it or not, because that's ultimately not a true representation of, of you, of what you do, you know, yeah. and how you are. And so I, I think it's, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy and a waste of money um, for business owners to think that, um, you know, that that can be something added on, in my opinion. I, I just think you got to go at first, uh, all in from the from the jump. And yeah, I love that. be able yeah. to communicate that very early on. That's a good rallying call, I think, for all brands, not just the new ones that are coming to market. Um, 100%. So what's what's next for Fat Milk? Like, what's what does 2024 look like? What's your plans? You know, maybe you don't want to say yeah. too much, but yeah. where's where it going? So right now, Fat Milk is really adopting the clicks and bricks business model, right? So we started off um, really e-commerce, wholesale partners, kind of going into mom and pop retail distribution, stuff like that, really gauging how you know our customers are really enjoying this emerging market. Vietnamese coffee is an emerging category within the coffee yeah. industry at large. So there is a lot to learn and a lot to pivot uh, on a consistent basis, right? Especially in the early days. And um, we, we started off digitally and we're gonna continue to optimize that as much as possible. But I also recognize that in order for us to really give people a true representation of our brand and have them uh, experience it the way that I personally want them to experience it. And especially being coffee, right? It's Mm -hmm. a commodity. It's something that people want on a daily basis that we have to exist on the ground level. And there's a lot of brands who who are definitely taking that approach. And so... For 2024, we are building out our Chicago flagship storefront that's going to launch in February. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Uh, So it's coming up. We're in full construction mode right now. And um, I think, you know, as we launch our our new website, our first storefront, I think 2024 is really building the groundwork and the foundation for how 2025 is going to just explode, you know, um, and have a lot of concepts be solidified um, in, in 2024 and having people get really excited about what we're doing. Love that. Yeah, I think there's a lot of momentum building. Um, and, you know, you're an incredibly busy person. So we really appreciate mm-hmm. you giving the time here to give the listeners some thoughts, give them all yeah. that gold that, that you've offered in there. And I'm sure that everyone's going to be uh, following along and, and seeing this journey as you guys grow and develop the brand and continue to move. Yeah. For me personally, it's one of those brands that I'm really excited to see this new evolution mm-hmm. happen, um, mm-hmm. in particular on this holiday coming up. So um, yeah. thank you so much for giving us your time here. It's really, really appreciated. And that's it for this episode of Unboxed. Um, so thank you to our guest line for sharing all of these insights and the expertise with us. If anybody did want to follow you, what's the best way for them to do that? Is there a specific handle or one page mm-hmm. in particular? Yeah, absolutely. So we're pretty active on social media. Uh, we love Instagram. So yeah. it's Fat Milk uh, with two eyes in milk. Um, and that's our handle for Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, all of that good stuff. And then my personal Instagram is I am Lanho, and I would love to connect with people on there too. 
Awesome. We'll put those into the show notes as well. So everyone can just click that yeah. and get onto that. Um, so if you're, wherever you're watching this podcast, hit, hit into the description, drop down and you'll see it in there. But um, if you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. It means a lot to us and all the algorithm mm-hmm. overlords. Uh, if you have any mm-hmm. questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes, you can reach us on email at unboxed at merchantboxes.com. And until next time, keep thinking outside the box and creating unforgettable brand experiences. Thank you for listening to today's episode. It was sponsored by Merchant Boxes. Merchant Boxes provide custom packaging to large businesses and small creators that customers love. If you are looking for award-winning custom package designs that make your business and products stand out from the competition, click the link in the show notes to find out more.